Have you been hitting the books and listening to lectures all day? It's time to relax, to unwind, and listen up. This is Brooke from Campus Chronicles, your go-to podcast for everything student life. No matter where you are in your academic journey, we have you covered. Think of us as a trusted mentor, friend, and confidant who always has your back. We'll be sharing inspiring stories, thought-provoking insights, and practical advice to help you succeed in and out of the classroom. So get ready to be inspired, enlightened, and entertained. Hello, hello, everyone. I am so excited to be here with someone that I find tremendously and incredibly inspirational. His name is Asher Dahlgren, and he is the founder and CEO of Dahlgren Social. Asher, thank you for spending time with me on this Saturday. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for having me on, Brooke. I'm excited. Now, there's something very exciting about Asher. And, you know, something that I, when I saw his post, quite resonated with. And it's that Asher is only 16 years old, and he is the founder of a successful company. Now, those of you that know me well will know that I started my very first business when I was 16. So when I saw his post, I knew that there was going to be some beautiful, beautiful synergy. And I said, we have to have this conversation. Oh, well, thank you, Brooke. And I look forward to talking with you too. And that's so cool that we're both entrepreneurs. I love that. I know. So we're going to just dive right in. Prior to this conversation, Asher and I were talking about just balancing success as an entrepreneur as a student, your academics are obviously extremely, extremely important to you, but your business and the growth of your company is very, very important to you as well. How do you balance that? And was it difficult for you to find that balance? In my case, I know it was, especially in the beginning. Yeah, I think that that's a lot of thing. That's a big thing that a lot of people struggle with, whether they're student entrepreneurs or student athletes or they're participating in any activity. It's really tough to find that balance. Um, and for my business, it started slower at first. Like I didn't have as much work. I didn't have many clients. Right. So it wasn't a lot and it sort of slowly increased. So for me, it wasn't too difficult. And I think that's because I sort of started slow and steady. So my advice to any ambitious young entrepreneur would be just start small and work up from there. See what you can handle. And if it's too much, just take a break. Mm -hmm. Are there any strategies that you use? to make sure that you're productive in your academics and you're productive in your business. Because I know that it's, there's a lot of things that demand our attention, especially in the social media world. It is so easy to start scrolling on the cutest cat videos or the cutest puppy videos. So how do you stay proactively focused? Yeah, absolutely. So a big thing that I like to do is I like to block out time on my calendar for school, for business, for whatever else. Um, it's really important to stay organized with your time because you only have so much of it, right? Structure your time right, allocate time towards different things in your life. And that way you can stay on top of things. So what my calendar looks like after school is a bunch of meetings. And then after that, I do some posts and fulfillment for my clients. Um, and I block out all that time so I know what to stay on top of, how to do it, and what I got to do. So keep track of your time is a big lesson. I think that for so many young entrepreneurs and so many young visionaries, because I always like it, entrepreneurs and visionaries, they're very, very similar. For so many of them, they get stuck in the execution phase. We, we, having an idea is extremely easy, but how did you move from having an idea to this execution of starting your company? And where did the idea 
really originate from? Was it something that you perhaps thought of on a whim or was it something that you had structured and thought of for a long time? When you, then you went to your family, you're like, I'm going to start a business. Yeah, that is one of my favorite questions and that demands a long answer. So executing is the hardest thing. It's so difficult to take a thought, even if it's such a good thought, such a good idea and turn it into a reality, right? So the execution part is really difficult. And I think the number one thing that stops people from executing is fear, right? You're, you're scared of what is this going to bring? What are people going to think of me for doing this? Am I going to waste my time or my money? People are fearful of taking that leap of faith. So my advice to anybody that is trying to confront that fear and actually execute is just start small, right? Start with the first thing that I did is I created a website. I filed an EIN to, you know, with the government. So that way I was officially in business, right? I did the initial setup stuff. And then I think from there, I started door knocking. I started knocking on the doors of businesses, pitching my services to them. Um, and that could be really scary. And that was a huge obstacle that I had to overcome. So I would say smart, start small and just do it. Don't worry about what other people think of you or your own judgments of yourself. Just do it. The worst that can happen if you do quote unquote fail is you learn something from it. So to turn that idea into execution, you just need to start and do one little step at a time. And then your success is inevitable if you just keep at it. I remember the first time that I cold called a business. I was, I was about your age and it was very daunting. I was very, very nervous. Uh, I was very nervous, just like you described with the door knocking. And I, I kind of felt the fear and did it anyways. And of course I stumbled. Of course my, you know, my pitch wasn't perfect. I'm not in any way insinuating that. But I did actually end up securing that very, very first call. And that's what gave me the confidence, as you just mentioned, to keep going, right? But I think for so many people, they have to try five times, 10 times, or 15 times before they get that yes. What's your advice to keep, in some ways, your belief in yourself or internal thermostat or internal equilibrium up, even if success isn't coming as quick as you'd hoped? Yeah. So that's amazing that you landed your first deal out of that first call. For me and for a lot of people, I mean, some people, success does come up front. You know, we overprepare. Right. And sometimes we overestimate how big the obstacle will will be. And so then we crush it the first time. So I think that's a, a case that a lot of people can be in. Um, but for me, like I'll tell you, I was scared out of my mind the first time I was, you know, walking down Chestnut Hill, Springfield, PA. That's that's where I located around and knocking on businesses. It was a big obstacle for me to overcome. And quite honestly, I was not good at it. Right. It took me probably two dozen times to land my first client. And then my, my second and my third. And, you know, from there, what I'm doing today is I'm more focusing on marketing my business rather than sales. But um, yeah, it took so many tries before I got my first yes. But persistence is the key to anything, right? You're not going to be successful the first time in most cases. And a big thing that I like to tell people also is the first time you do something, expect it to be bad because if it is bad, that's actually a good thing. You're not getting the short end of the stick because you're learning something from it, right? When something's bad, when you make a bunch of mistakes and blunders, you learn so that the second time you get better, right? So it's okay to be bad the first time. I was bad the first tens of times. And then finally it worked out. You just need to persist and keep at it. And I love that you said it's an obstacle because we all have our quirks and we all have 
these things that are harder for us, whether it's marketing, whether it's sales, whether it's organization, but there's one consistent struggle that a lot of young visionaries, a lot of young entrepreneurs share. And it's the struggle with overcoming perceptions, as we spoke about negative perceptions about our age, about our value, about our ability to deliver certain things. Whether you're a male or a female and you're 25 or 16 years old, a lot of people struggle with this concept of ageism and this concept of judging our, our younger visionaries and our younger leaders. Did you experience that? Yeah. And I think that is part of that fear that we overcome when we start is fear of judgment from others, right? And a lot of times I notice that, you know, people want you to do good, but they don't want to see you doing better than them, right? And it's unfortunate that, you know, sometimes you think someone has your back and they're supporting you, but really they're not, right? And I'm grateful to have so many amazing people in my life. My family is so supportive. Some people don't have that. Some people aren't lucky enough to have such a supportive family, but there will be people around you inevitably, whether they're, they could be family, they could be friends, they could be teachers that, you know, they just don't like what you're doing. They, they think it's out of the norm, outside of the box. And instead of viewing that as a good thing, they sort of scoff at it. And everybody's going to have those people in their life. And that's another part of just enduring through that, right? And learning to, I hate to say it, but put up with it and just sort of block it out. You know, it's good to accept feedback but it's good to be able to also identify, hey, this person, you know, they're kind of hating on me. You know what I'm saying? And that's an obstacle that everybody has to overcome. We both have a similar experience and that our professors and our teachers were some of the people that looked down on what we were doing because they didn't understand it. And like you said, it was out of the norm. And so many visionaries struggle with that because they do think differently and they see the world differently. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I have so many great teachers and so many supportive teachers. I have teachers that have helped me so much. Um, but, you know, there are also others that, and I'm not going to pass judgment on them for thinking certain things to me, but they might not understand my business that much, right? And sometimes that's difficult to sort of um, connect with them because I'm very, you know, people say I'm very mature and adult-like, even though I'm only 16. And, you know, sometimes I want to connect with my teachers, but sometimes they sort of just don't understand me. Um, and so that can be a little bit of a struggle. And I think a struggle for anybody if they have a unique endeavor that's sort of outside of the box. And I think that's interesting that we both sort of went through that experience. Mm -hmm. And so many visionaries, whether they're fantastic athletes, whether they're making an invention, whether they're starting a company, whether they have a really audacious dream to be a professional this or, or that or whatever, so many of them go through exactly what we're describing, where there's a lot of outside noise. And they have to learn how to dim that and how to turn that off. So how do you, Asher, turn off that outside buzz or that outside, no outside noise when it starts to seep in? Yeah, I think that it's all about self-control, right? And controlling the controllables. And people so often try and change, change people's perceptions of them and change the external stuff. Focus on the internal stuff. Focus on what you can control. And this also boils down to goal setting and, and stuff like that too, is focus on the actions that you can take, right? Focus on the actionable steps, right? Like a lot of people set goals and they say, oh, I want to get this much more money by the end of the year. I don't set goals like that. I set goals where I'm going to reach out to this many prospects for my business, right? I set very controllable goals that I can track based on my own actions I take 
and not external results. And the reason I mention this is because I think it ties into tuning out that external noise, because if you focus on the controllables and focus on what you can, you know, influence a hundred percent, like the other stuff doesn't matter because we try to exert external control on people when we have lack of internal control. So control the controllables and focus on getting results that you can track with your own progress and actions. Would you say that with these controllable goals, when you complete reaching out to XYZ prospects or doing XYZ emails per day, does that increase your confidence? Yeah, absolutely. And that is an across the board thing, whether you have a business, whether you're, you know, so many students do sports, right? You know, practice, go to the gym for five times a week for 45 minutes a day, right? It doesn't have to be like, your goal doesn't have to be, you know, if you're in sports, like weigh this much by this time, it should just be, I want to go to the gym five times a week, right? It should be very actionable. It shouldn't be results-based. It should be action-based. That's the best way to set goals. And yes, it does build a tremendous amount of confidence. I've done a lot of reading and a lot of studies show that when you set goals, just like you're talking about, right, you can build that confidence over time because it proves that you're building that trust with yourself. And you're saying, I trust you to do what you say that you're going to do. But when we set these audacious goals that are results driven, and some of that's out of our control, we start to damp like dampen and lose that trust in ourselves. Would you agree? Yeah. Yeah. Because the results, quite honestly, we can't control. And sometimes that can be a hard pill to swallow, but you know, you can, you know, I started door knocking, right? I could door knock on for me, it might've been like 20 businesses. I could have door knocked on a hundred businesses and not gotten a single client from that, right? Cause it's just a roll of the dice. But the objective here is just to keep at it, right? Took a thousand times to invent the light bulb. I think that's the saying, right? And so if you judge yourself based on the results, everybody gets different results. You landed your client the first time, Thomas Edison invented the light bulb the thousandth time, right? So it's different for everybody and you need to judge yourself based on the actions you take. That is the number one way to build trust in yourself because the results, they vary, right? They're not a trustworthy metric to measure your progress and your effort. Mm -hmm. And I always say too, getting a client versus not getting a client, setting a PR at the gym versus not setting a PR at the gym, it does not necessarily mean something inherently about who you are. But we live in a society that tells us the amount of money we make the first month in our business or the type of, you know, deadlift that you can complete at the gym is your inherent value. Yeah. And I think that a lot of people have so many different definitions of success, right? Some people think it's money. Some people think it's notoriety, all so many different things, right? Um, I think that the most universal definition of success um, is setting a goal and achieving it. Right. Because you can set so many different goals, whether it's business, personal finance, a relationship goal. Right. Like these are different facets that people consider successful. You know, you have a bunch of money, you have a bunch of great relationships, but everybody's individual version of success. I don't look at that. I look at am I setting goals and am I achieving those goals? And those goals are based on specific actions that I can take and control. Right. And I think that that is what really makes our identity, not the results. The results don't make our identity. The actions make our identity. And another interesting thing that I heard, by the way, is a lot of people think that you have to be someone first to 
do a certain action and be successful at it. It's the opposite. When you do something over and over again, you become a certain person. So it starts by doing. Our generation, you know, your generation in particular, gets a lot of flack and a lot of negative publicity about being quote unquote undisciplined, quote unquote lazy. What would you say to those people that think young people are undisciplined? Oh, that's a really good question. So I think that number one, my first observation is when you place that assumption on people and it's like, it's a thing that's done at scale, right? The younger generation picks up on that. And I feel like there is sort of, you know, that stigma where the younger generation sees the older generation as seeing them as undisciplined and quote unquote lazy or whatever. And I think that because we see that the older generation sees us that way, it sort of puts an identity on us. It sort of puts us in a box. And so it's really not, if you want to try and reverse lack of discipline and try and help people be disciplined, the worst thing to do is to place that, that predisposed category on somebody, if that makes sense. Right. So I think it's really not a good thing when someone from the older generation says the younger generation, oh, you know, you guys are undisciplined or lazy because that's just, you know, a stereotype, right? There are so many other young people that I see that are such hard workers that are doing amazing things. And, you know, if you are a young person that might want to lessen your screen time or, you know, start to work on something special and, and carve out your own path and embark on unique endeavors, right? I would say, once again, just start small. Consistency beats intensity. You know, get off TikTok just 15 minutes a day and then increase it from there, right? So slow and steady, you can do what you want to do. So that was a pretty long answer, but it's a really good question. Well, I think so. And like you said, we can all be undisciplined sometimes. We can be going through something. We can be having burnout. We can be suffering with our health or our relationships. But it doesn't always mean that that's true. And I think that honesty is the best policy. Now, I had COVID a few weeks ago and I was way more sick than anticipated for much, much longer than anticipated. And I had to say, hey, I know that I said I was going to get this done, but I can't right now and here's why. And that honesty, especially for young visionaries and young business owners can be so hard to do because you're worried that people are going to think you're quote, quote unquote slacking or perhaps not working hard enough. How do you combat those sort of things when life just pops up? Because you're young. I'm sure you want to go to prom. I'm sure you want to go do other fun things. Yeah. So burnout is an interesting topic because I think that burnout can happen for one of two reasons. The first reason is you're not doing what you truly want to do. You're not following your calling, right? Because when work truly interests you, burnout happens seldom. It still does happen though, and it still is a very real thing. And the second instance in which you can experience that sort of burnout is just overworking yourself, right? You know, working 70, 80 hours a week as a student, it's okay to take breaks from that. It's, re it's really okay to just say, hey, I'm going to take this day off, you know, I'm going to put this aside. That's okay to do if it's to maintain your own mental health, right? I think that it's totally okay. And in terms of other people passing judgment on that, back to what we were talking about before, I think that's just part of sort of, you know, blocking that out, focusing on what you can control and omitting the external perceptions of you that are negative. 
Absolutely. And with the not feeling guilty for taking that time off, not feeling guilty for unplugging for an hour or two hours or 48 hours, two entire days. Something I did for myself the other week was I just wanted to watch the original 2013 or 2012 Frozen movie so badly. So I turned off my cell phone. I didn't want to get any notifications from clients. It doesn't have to be I go to the spa. It doesn't have to be I have the most wonderful ski trip to take that mental health time. It can be the most simple thing that makes a huge difference. Yeah. And I like to dip into those things as well. Dip into some nostalgia, you know, listening to old music, watching old music, movies, so much fun. Absolutely. And it's all just personal. What do you do to unwind? Because you're so busy and as you've mentioned, so disciplined. Oh, that's a good question. I would say YouTube. I love watching YouTube. Well, that, okay, that's maybe not unwinding because most of the videos I watch are like learning stuff. Um, I would say I love a good old uh, tea and a biscotti while watching. And I watch so many different stuff, but yeah, just relaxing on the couch, watching TV. There's nothing better than that. Nothing better than that. And it's so necessary. If you want to grow your business, if you want to be a visionary, because oftentimes we get ideas and flashes of inspiration where you least expect it. So you're describing as you're walking down, you know, your city or your town or whatever village that you were looking at the businesses and how they were not utilizing social media. Was that your flash of inspiration or did it happen prior to that? I would say... When I saw businesses not take advantage of social media, I already had the idea in my head um, that I wanted to start this business, but I wasn't so sure of it because, you know, every good entrepreneur looks at, is there really value that could be added here? That's really what being an entrepreneur is, right? Is there a gap that can be filled? Can I fill that gap with value, right? That's literally what being an entrepreneur is. It's providing value. And so that was, I think the very first thing that ticked in my mind to start the business was I got referred to like my first client while I didn't have a brand. I was just like a freelancer. Um, and then I started working for him. And so that's really where the idea came about. But the, the case was sealed when I saw all these businesses were completely just not utilizing it or not utilizing it in the right way. And I knew that I could get more customers through their doors if I were to just work with them, because there's so much untapped potential organic social media marketing can provide. There absolutely is. And I love that you started as a freelancer because that's a great way for people, visionaries, creatives, entrepreneurial brains to dip their toes in. A lot of times we think we love something. Then we dip our toes in. I did not love that as much as I thought I loved that. And you didn't have that experience. You always knew from the get-go. But for so many people, especially my creatives, I'm a creative, it takes trial and error. And many, many, many successful women and men that I know started five, six, seven, eight businesses before they hit gold or, you know, had five, seven, eight, nine side hustles before they really found the thing that made sense for them. I don't believe that we should give up right, but we should keep looking for that perfect fit. And it's just so fun and quite ironic and exciting for you that you found it so early. Yeah. Yeah. And just echoing that, because I think that that statement is golden. Um, I think that a lot of people think, you know, they're going into college. It, it doesn't matter. I mean, they could be 14 years old or 20 years old. And there are people of all ages that are students and they panic. Oh, I don't know what to do. What am I going to go to college for? Am I going to go to college? And they're, they're all up in their head about that. And I tell people that sometimes knowing 
concrete what you want to do can be a burden in and of itself. Because when you don't know what you want to do, you get to explore, right? Because if you know what you want to do as like a young teenager, you might be so stuck on that and you just don't see all of these other amazing subjects and walks of life that you can explore. But if you don't know what you want to do, you have the privilege to explore so many new avenues. And that's exciting. It's so exciting. And I'm a multi-passionate. If you haven't heard that term, that means I just kind of go where the wind takes me, right? And I never anticipated that I would be here with all of these beautiful people. Is there something on your heart? And you don't have to reveal anything if it's something that you want to keep close to your chest right now. But is there a new passion or purpose or perhaps a goal that you're personally working towards? Ooh, that is a great question. So in February, I'm looking to launch another website, um, asherdahlgren.com. I don't, I don't think I announced that yet, but I am launching it in February. I really want to inspire other young entrepreneurs, other students, speak at schools, even though I'm young, maybe colleges someday, right? I want to share my story, talk more about my business. And so I'm starting that website to connect with people and start to do some more public speaking and do some keynotes and workshops and share my story. So I really want to get, I want to get in front of people and inspire. I'm going to hit you with a very hard question. What are three pieces of advice, and you can take a moment to think about this, three pieces of advice you would give young visionaries and young entrepreneurial minds to get started on their own passions and projects and purposes? I would say the first thing you need to do is explore, right? You need to know what you want to do first because you don't want to take the wrong path. It's okay to choose a certain path and back out later, depending on, you know, what, how, how you feel towards it, but you don't want to, you don't want to just say, I see other people doing it. So I'm going to dive deep into it myself and spend 40 hours a week trying to do this. That's not the right approach. It is, you have to explore. That's number one. Number two, I would say just start. You don't have to start big. I always like to say, you don't have to see the whole staircase if you can just take the first step. So just start, do something. Even if you fail completely, envision the worst case scenario. And if that worst case scenario happens, think about what is the worst that can really happen. The worst that can really happen is you learn something from it, right? So explore, just start. And then I'd say the third part of that is, and this is like my motto, by the way, and this is like the most important piece of advice I think I'd give anybody is get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Do one thing each day that, of course, as long as it's healthy, that makes you just a little bit unsettled, right? Introducing yourself to a new person, shaking a new hand, talking in front of a group of people, you know, do one thing that makes you just a little bit unsettled because when you get so used to that fear and you say, what if this fear is a good thing and you get used to going through that, it becomes second nature to you. And then you can take action on a larger scale once you've overcome those fears. Hopefully that makes sense. It makes complete and utter sense. And our body too gets used to certain biochemicals, right? And if we get used to being uncomfortable, we get used to doing something that is, of course, safe, firstly, but a little bit frightening or a little bit unsettling. Our body is not going to perceive that as dangerous as it once did if we continue that. And that's why that repetition does matter. Oh my goodness. I am having so much fun and I've had a wonderful, wonderful time with you here today. Is there anything you'd like to share with our audience as a parting piece of wisdom beyond those three beautiful points you just gave us? Or even a parting story about yourself? 
I, I got to get better at storytelling, man. I like, I, I totally forget all of these such unique experiences that I go through because some really interesting things do happen. I got to remember them and take note of them. But I think I'm going to elaborate on that last piece of it, right? Getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. I think that the reason when people ask me, because I have so many peers that ask me, they're like, Asher, like, how do you, how do you do it? You know, you're so unique in, in what you do. How do you do it? And I say, I've just done it so much. I was, when I started out, I was terrible the first time. I don't pride myself on being especially talented at anything. The reason that I am who I am is just because I persisted. It's because I kept trekking through, right? I got comfortable with being uncomfortable. I tried new things. I put myself in uncomfortable situations. That's where success comes from. And I'd encourage any young person to embark on that same journey. I would echo his advice and say the same. Asher, thank you so much for spending time with me here today. If somebody wants to connect with you, they want to find you, they want to get to know you, where can they do that? Yeah, so my website, dahlgrensocial.com, D-A-H-L-G-R-E-N, social.com. That's my business website. You can check me out there. Find me on social media, connect with me with, on uh, LinkedIn. I love to help other young people, so feel free to reach out. I had a great time kind of walking down nostalgia lane with you. Um, just hearing all about the things that you've gone through, all the things that you have persisted through and the resilience that you've built. I think this episode is going to be phenomenal. Thank you so much, Asher, for joining me on an episode of the Campus Chronicles. Thank you so much, Brooke. Thank you for joining me on Campus Chronicles. I hope you found our discussion informative, inspiring, entertaining, and fun. We are always working hard to make sure that our episodes are the very best they can be, which means we need your help. If you liked what you heard, remember to hit the follow button on your favorite podcast platform and drop us a review. It helps us to connect with more students who are hungry for success. And remember, the journey never stops. Keep listening, keep learning, keep growing. See you next week for another amazing episode of Campus Chronicles.